Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 7 verse 36 is where we ended up last time. It has been a series of uncomfortable events with Jesus, and as you remember, he gave us that very uncomfortable sermon, the Sermon on the Plain, which we went through in two sermons. And then, of course, Jesus with his group of people coming from the, coming from the mount, choosing his disciples, going onto the plain, choosing the disciples, and then preaching the sermon, and then going into the city of Nain with a crowd of people who were previously halt, withered, lame, demon-possessed, lepers, all kinds of things, and now healed joyfully and excitedly following Jesus as they go into the city of Nain, and they meet another crowd of people who are mourning, crying, weeping, because they're following a casket, the only son of a widow who is now dead, and and they collide with one another in this interesting exchange. Now, of course, Jesus never went to a funeral that he didn't ruin, and of course, he would touch this man, tell him to sit up, and and he would sit up, and, and he'd give him back to his mother. So it's such a beautiful picture, but that stirred another controversy, if you remember Nain being the farthest south city in the region of Galilee, Jesus, his fame would spread down through into Judea, into the, the ears of John the Baptist, who was just south of Judea in the Marcion prison. And of course, he's waiting, at, you know, as the forerunner to the Messiah, waiting for Jesus to come and spring him out, and nothing is happening, but he hears these things that Jesus is doing way up in the, in the north, and, and he gets a little bit stumbled by that. A, a little bit irritated by that. Why isn't he coming and helping me? And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to confront him and ask him, are you the one, are you the Messiah, or should we look for another? Should we look for somebody else? And, and unfortunately, John's disciples don't come and give this to Jesus privately, but tell him openly with all the people there. And, and then, of course, Jesus would say to them, in, in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Wow. And so John's disciples take this, and they take it back to John. But then Jesus, with the crowd there, he knows that that's kind of a difficult situation because everybody believed in John and everybody trusted John and John was a prophet of sorts. And, and so Jesus begins to ask them these questions. He said, what did you go out in the, in the wilderness to see? Did you go to see a, a reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a prophet? And he says, yes, and more than a prophet. There's no one born among women that's greater than John the Baptist. And, and meaning that everyone who is born from the time of Adam and Eve, all the way forward, all the prophets, everyone up until John the Baptist, John was the greatest man to ever live or ever be born. 
And it's such a beautiful and crazy thing to think about because John was the prophet, the one who would be chosen to point out Jesus Christ and say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was the greatest prophet, the one to point out the Messiah. But John's having this crisis of faith, but Jesus is defending his honor. Now, when everybody heard this, they, they, they justified God. And they said, yes, that's right. In fact, it says in Luke chapter 7, verse 29, and when the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, having not been baptized by him. In other words, these tax collectors and sinners, they saw that they were you know, not great people. And when they heard John preach, they were convicted in their hearts and they repented. They turned, they were baptized by John, a baptism of repentance. We wanna, we wanna follow God. We wanna do the right thing. But the Pharisees, on the other hand, they saw themselves as, we're good people. You know, we, we do what's right. We're, 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 we're okay. And, and, and God accepts us based on our own goodness. And, and, yet the, and, and yet John would even say to them, you brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Quite, quite the, the stark contrast in the way that God would see them versus the way that God would see tax collectors and sinners who would come and repent. And that kind of frames this context of the passage today that we're looking at, also illustrated by what Jesus said last in that passage in in Luke chapter 7, verse 35, when he says, but wisdom is justified by all her children. In other words, the offspring of what comes from a person's life justifies or, or, or establishes who that person really is. And when you look at these people, the tax collectors, the sinners, the prostitutes, the people who came to Jesus and turned from their sin and began to follow him. Remember at the the Levi's house, when Jesus went to eat dinner there, that all kinds of tax collectors and sinners were with him. And one of the other gospels tells us that they all followed him. And yet, what was the difference? When the Pharisees heard Jesus speak, Not only did they criticize him for eating with tax collectors and sinners, but it says they got together and they plotted how they might kill him. A very different fruit, isn't it? Now, I don't know if this Pharisee was one of those Pharisees. It's possible that he was. And yet, he seems to offer this gesture of inviting Jesus to come to dinner. And so it says in verse 36, Then one of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And when he went to the Pharisee's house, he sat down to eat. It seems nice, doesn't it? The Pharisee invites him over to dinner, kind gesture. No, no, this is more of a shakedown. This is more of a, okay, here's my opportunity to get Jesus in front of me and to prove that he is not any kind of prophet that we want anything to do with. And that's really where he's at. Um, a few decades ago, this is like when the church first started, maybe not even a year into it, we were invited to dinner by a, a couple, very nice couple. They came to church and they'd been coming for a little while and they invited us to dinner and they wanted to, they said they wanted to get to know us more. What she didn't know was that her husband had done something a little bit odd when we first came and, and that was he came up to the church property and Shannon and I came out and he drove into the parking lot. We heard the gravel, you know, and we came out and, and he said, basically, Nobody's going to ever come to your church. He, he prophesied against us in the name of the Lord. You know, <laughs> so he told us that, you know, never was going to work and, and you, nobody's going to come. And, and so I was just like, no, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> and he left. You know, we're just kind of like, wow, you know, uh, whatever. And, and, and then a couple months later, his church closed. 
and then they showed up to church. And I don't think he ever told his wife that he'd done that because she seemed happy to be here, but he was just like, hmm. But we didn't say anything about it. I get it, you know, churches pop up all the time and it's irritating, you know, and you've been trying to do a church and then another church pops up and another church pops up. And, and so I didn't really hold it against him. But, but anyway, we go to dinner at their house and we thought we were just getting there to know them, but, but really it was more of a, here's how we want you to do church. We're, we're glad we're coming here, but now let's, we want you to tell you how we want you to do church. In fact, we think that people should raise their hands during worship, and we think that people should be more energetic. And, people, and, and I said, you know, I, I appreciate that, and I, I love that. I love when people are energetic during worship. I love, you know, I love everybody to raise their hand and sway, you know, while the music is going, and to clap, and to really be into it. And I said, but you know, I'm not going to manufacture that. I'm not going to make people do that. If, they, if that's what the Lord wants to do, then, then I, I'm just going to allow him to do that work in people's hearts. In fact, really what we want is for this, to, this be the, to, to be this church, to be what God wants it to be for this time, for these people, for this community, for, for, for now, for this, this season. And I said, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with what I want or what anybody else wants. But, but then the truth came out, and, and really what it said, they said was, and I totally resonated with this, they said, you know, when we were kids, back in the 70s, we had this church, and it was just so amazing. And we'd just been looking for that church, you know, somewhere, and we just haven't found it yet. And, and my heart broke for them, because I, I get that. I mean, back in the 90s, when I was a kid, you know, I remember youth group, and there was a revival happening at Calvary Chapel Pocatello, and the youth group was 60 kids, and it was just like, like you'd never see me. It was just amazing what God was doing and moving amongst the people there, and, and I remember those exciting times, and here I am starting a church where there's, you know, maybe 50 people on a Sunday morning, and it's kind of depressing, you know, and just kind of going through that, and, and I get it, I get it, you know, you want it to be like it was, but then you always have to remember that no matter what stage you're in or where you're at, there's Jesus is there. And you can find Jesus there. And you can find Jesus in whatever church you go to or wherever context you find yourself in because it's a personal relationship between you and him and not some experience. And so it just reminded me that this, this poor couple, you know, they've been searching for this experience all these years. And they don't realize that Jesus is right there. That they can find Jesus wherever they're at. And yet they weren't going to have that. And so I invited them to go to a different church in town. I told them, hey, you know, the vineyard's just starting up. You should try that. Maybe it'll be more your taste. And, and it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. You know, because it, it can't be what we want it to be. It has to be what God wants it to be, right? And that's exactly what this Pharisee was, was trying to do. He was trying to get the Messiah to be who he wanted the Messiah to be. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.